Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Now, here's your host, James Landry. Welcome to the Palace Perspective, the podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting somebody's everyday life, maybe your everyday life. I'm your host, James Landry, and I'm glad you chose to listen in today. Today, we're going to start a series on business owner exit planning. And joining me today for that discussion is Palace's very own chief financial officer and partner, Charlie Evangelakos. Charlie, welcome back. Hi, James. Glad to be back. Looking forward to this wonderful topic. Yeah, me too. And it's a topic that's long overdue, I think, Charlie, because we have quite a handful of business owner clients, and they all bring with them their own particular set of goals, objectives, concerns, and uh, those can be short-term, mid-term, long-term objectives and concerns, but they can be very particular for a business owner. And so wanted to talk about how that's what we've seen, right, in our practice and what's pretty typical for a business owner's ongoing objectives when he or she looks at their business life cycle. And so this will be the start of the series. We'll do several of these. And today I just want to talk about what we're planning to go into in terms of more depth on further series. So that's what we're here to talk about today. Does that sound good, Charlie? That sounds great, James. So we have a number of business owner clients. And as a business owner, I think one of the first things I'm thinking about is, hey, am I making good decisions about the money that's coming in and out of this business? Making sure, follow the bouncing dollar, that I'm doing things the most tax efficient way as possible. A lot of that has to do with the structure of the entity that I create for my business, right? I mean, there are a lot of different options there. Yes, James, there are. The most common option is obviously a corporation in the form of an S corporation, a C corporation, which files its own tax return, LLCs. Some clients own their businesses as a individually. So there are multiple different entities and all get taxed differently and have different implications to the business value. Yeah, and I'd say not only from a tax standpoint, but that as a business owner, I might also be concerned about liability uh, protection as well. So maybe looking at it through that lens would be another way to look at it, right? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal is to make sure that whatever liabilities that you have in your business don't apply to you personally. So you limit the liabilities to the entity that you've created in the form of a limited liability corporation, and hence the name, right? Limited liability? Well, that does seem to make sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's good you pointed that out. <laughs> yes, it's um, obvious. It's yeah, obvious. Yeah, some it? things are more obvious than others. Right. But choice of entity is not always as uh, black and white as it might seem, right? So it's important, I think. And we'll look at this in further detail and in further sessions, but it's important, I guess, that the business owner gets really good counsel up front about the choice of entity and not just thinking about, hey, what does it look like today, but what's the business going to look like potentially five, ten years down the road and how will that choice of entity impact me then? So we'll talk about that. The other things that business owners need to talk about or think about is the people that really make their business successful, and that's their employees. And actually, I should say, by the way, Charlie, happy Valentine's Day. Thank you, James. I thought of you when I thought of employees, and 
also the fact that we're talking today on Valentine's Day for the very first time from our new podcast studio. And we're actually joined by our podcast producer, Christy Fitzgerald. And she's here. Christy, why don't you say hello to the audience? Hey, James. Hey, Charlie. Hi, audience. <laughs> hey, great. Thanks, Christy. And, and she's actually running the pretty fancy equipment that we have here. And we're excited about that because we're going to be in the future not only bringing these podcasts over the air via audio, but also via video. And then our quarterly and monthly webcasts will be done in this room. So all part of the growth here at Palace Capital that we're really excited about. But anyway, I'm not sure how I got off that track in no, Valentine's Day. If I could add, Chris has done a phenomenal job setting this up. For those of you who are not here, it looks official. I mean, there are big mics in front of us yeah. and TV screens, and it's, uh, we're excited about it and looking forward to the future here at Palace Capital. And, and you do sound good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> but at any rate, so going back to uh, thinking about employees, and this is why I got onto this, tra- this uh, topic, is a business owner has got to be thinking about how their choice of entity might impact their ability to offer various employee benefit plans, programs like retirement plans, fringe benefit plans, health uh, plans, welfare plans. All that, I think, is going to be somewhat Im- influenced by the choice of entity that the business owner selects. Agreed. And so going you know, through the life cycle of a business, their business owner and a lot of our clients are, have been in this situation. They're coming to the end, right, of at least their involvement in the business. And it's been something that they've built up over, in many cases, many, many years, something that is their most valuable asset that they own. And they're looking to, for lack of a better term, monetize that asset. So they're thinking, well, how do I take money out of this business and use it for other objectives, whether they're family objectives, personal objectives, estate planning objectives? So that's another thing that we'll look at in this session is the business owner's end game. What's his or her exit plan? Yes, agreed, James. And there's a whole that's a topic in itself. How do you a business owner spend his entire life put their heart and soul in the business? And now comes the time where they're going to sell it, monetize it, create the highest potential value, and obviously then create their family post-sale. And what does that look like? And what does life look like aside from the financial aspects of owning a business? What does your life look like afterwards? A lot of our clients go into hibernation for three to six months and just kind of get themselves settled and before they resurface and either start another business or start doing more philanthropy or spending more time with their family or golf or so forth. So there's a... There's a it's it's a fascinating subject, at least for me and, and for all of us here in the life cycle of a business owner and all the variables that go along with it up to the sale. So. It's good for a business owner to be thinking about that because we know you and I <clears throat> go back a long ways. And uh, just thinking about recently through the COVID the pandemic, right, we know of some business owners that had built up a tremendous uh, value in their businesses but failed to timely take liquidity out of those businesses and those businesses their liquidity were severely handicapped by the COVID pandemic. Now, thankfully, it seems like that's it's turned around, right? Yes, it has. But having gone through that, it's really brought out the importance of talking to the business owner about making sure that they have the appropriate amount of liquidity, that all their eggs are not tied up in that business and then tying their hands, so to speak, when it comes to crunch, to crunch time. James, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there's multiple examples. There's bank covenants, money being stuck in corporations that couldn't be taken up by the business owner, all sorts of issues, lack of sales. So some businesses thrived through COVID, some did not. So it's just a function of the haves and the have-nots, uh, the have-nots. So, And I think fundamentally as a business owner, when I'm coming to the end and I'm thinking about what my choices are, <clears throat> the first 
decision I have to make. Is this going to be an internal transition? Am I giving this or selling this business to my internal team, my management team, or my family, right? Or is it going to be an external transfer? And I think that the pathway, depending on the answer to those two questions, is completely different. There are completely different choices for that business owner. On one hand, you might see a different value that's much higher than it would be otherwise. But what I've found, maybe you find the same thing, is that business owners aren't always, not always, sometimes, but not always looking for the highest value from their business. There might be other competing objectives there. Correct. No, I agree, James. I think you, you were going down the right path there. So there are different exit paths for business owners, right? You mentioned it. Family, key employees, partners, maybe you go public. But if you made the decision to sell it to a third party, then there are obviously there are steps and, that, you would, that are necessary to make sure you have a successful sale to a third party. And there's a lot of moving parts towards that transition. That's something we could talk about today, kind of touch some of the key elements of preparing for a sale to the third party. Charlie, I wanted to touch on the nexus of a business owner's succession planning and estate planning objectives. Two different objectives, but there is some common ground that I think a business owner needs to consider. And I would say just one of the considerations as a business owner, if I'm selling my business and trying to maximize value for me, for my family, that might be a competing objective if I'm trying to transfer that value down to the next generation, right? Yes, James. So what you're referring to is just one of the elements of selling your business, and that's the estate planning, philanthropic charitable planning component of it. So what you're referring to, as I understand it, is that you're trying to sell your business for the highest potential value to a third party, but then on the flip side, you're trying to transfer the business to the next generation through an estate plan and try to minimize and discount the the business to the lowest potential value. So two conflicting challenges. However, they're both achievable, very achievable, if you follow the, the, whatever rules and guidelines we're able to, to play in. I think the uh, important takeaway that I would give to any client or any individual thinking about the exit plan for business is that you need to have uh, armed yourself with advisors from many facets, from many different points of view. And certainly off the top of my head, thinking of several, like you might have the investment banker, you might have the uh, estate planning attorney, certainly, you would have the CPA, the tax practitioner, the wealth advisor, such as yourself, Charlie, in some cases, there might be a separate insurance advisor that's involved, but all these people need to be sitting at the table together, right? And talking to that client, because otherwise, if you're getting information ad hoc or in a vacuum, you're going to find yourself, your heads are going to be spinning, right? Yes, James. That is the probably the most important aspect of a sale. If I were to look back, the lack of coordination amongst all these advisors is, to me, some of the biggest issues and concerns you'd have when selling a business. So you have your corporate attorney, your estate planning attorney, you have your personal CPA, your corporate CPA, you have your investment banker, you have your wealth management firm. Everybody has a level of expertise and the communication between all parties. I'll give you an example. The estate planning attorney. If the client decides to gift a certain percentage of the business prior to the sale, that all has to be vetted out and needs to be coordinated with the entity that the structure is created. The trust planning, the investment banker to make sure that the shares could be transferred properly. The wealth management, here's a plug-in for our firm, Palace Capital. Although we're not the experts on tax, we're not the legal expert, 
We've seen 10, 20, 30 deals. We know the trend. We know if the deal is moving, flowing in the right direction and so forth. So there, and, and then a lot of times it's, there's either the investment banker or the wealth manager is the one that drives the process. Make sure we're all communicating, sending emails to the various different parties. Uh, that's, these are basic elements, but they're absolutely critical in having a successful exit. And a business owner selling his or her business, there may be <clears throat> many different outcomes all of which the business owner might be interested in. For example, as a business owner, I might be focused on minimizing the tax drag, I'll call it the parasitical tax drag of the transaction. And so it's really, it's not what I gross from the sale, it's what I net. If, As they say, if you can't net it, forget it, right? And so as a business owner, I might be focused on that, but I also might have objectives that would be in the world of charitable planning. So the wealth manager or the estate planning advisor or some advisor needs to sit down with that client and say, hey, look, let's talk about both of those objectives. Let's talk about ways we could use, I'd like to say, strategies in combination so that you can accomplish one objective and at the same time see your other objective benefit from what you did, for example, in the area of charitable planning. You saw income tax savings, significant income tax savings. You might see significant increases in cash flow back to the business owner. And so another example is you might have an estate plan, a goal of getting this asset down to the next generation. But what if I could marry that goal with some way to discount the value of the business or to save on a capital gain transaction, depending on where a trust was set up for my family member. So I think that there are, it's really important, as you just said, to make sure those advisors who have those skill sets, who have the background, have the knowledge, are they sitting at the table with the client and all talking to each other? That's the key. Great point, James. Let me throw out some things you were referring to about all these tax savings. We look at all these different tax deferral opportunities. If it's charitable planning, are we looking to set up a charitable remainder unit trust prior to the sale to defer the gain of the income tax and, and increase your income post-sale? Are we looking at setting up a foundation or a donor advised fund? Are we looking at opportunity zones? So all these tax deferral opportunities. Are Is the, buy, is the seller going to be investing in the new company? We call it NUCO. And if that's the case, there's tax deferral of those shares. Are they going to be participating? Are you going to be part of the management team? Do you have to have the right entity for that? Absolutely critical that all advisors are talking to each other. There are tax planning opportunities when it comes to selling your business. And we, we look at different ways to defer taxes. You know, as you refer to charitable planning, right? A lot of our business owners become philanthropic, love charitable planning. We look at opportunities to reduce or eliminate capital gains tax. Ask strategies like a charitable remainder unit trust prior to the sale, if capable, will defer the gain of the income tax, give you a tax deduction, and provide you with a significant income upon ret- you know, after the sale. Look at donor advised funds, foundations. We look at opportunity zones where you can actually tra- reinvest money tax-deferred, tax-free into real estate opportunities. We look at uh, many business owners are actually reinvesting and uh, buying a, a percentage of the new company. That's a deferral opportunity where you can actually sell transfer shares into the new company and not pay capital gains tax. There are 1031 exchange opportunities. If the owner owns the real estate sometimes, we can defer that into another piece of property when deferring the gain. I think what you're getting at here, Charlie, is really the role of the wealth advisor is to introduce the client to these potential outcomes, potential strategies, right? And you're going to have, I guess, one or two reactions. One, the client might say, you know what, just doesn't resonate with me. But you might have clients, and we've found in many cases this is the case, where, wow, that's really interesting. Tell me more. How will that impact my family and me? 
and then we'll go into a deeper dive with the other advisors and make sure that the fit really works well for the client. Yeah, every client has unique goals and objectives for their families. And so all we try to do is mirror up some of these strategies with the client's goals. And do they make sense? And we just explore. And if it works, we, we help implement. We put the team together and we help implement these ideas. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a great series. I think, Charlie, there's a lot to cover. And so we'll go through the whole gamut of things. And that's from choice of entity to what a, a business owner should consider for his employees in terms of retirement plan options that would be available. Not only his employees or her employees, but also for the business owner themselves. Things like defined benefit versus defined contribution, qualified versus non-qualified plans, the role of life insurance in a business owner, uh, business owner's retirement planning, but also the business owner's succession planning. And then also uh, ultimately deal structures, exiting a business. What's the best type of deal structure that a business owner uh, should be thinking about, right? The most tax efficient way to exit the business, maximize value for himself or herself or for, for their family. Right. And don't forget creating a legacy. Creating a legacy. And for you're right. For a business owner, sometimes that legacy starts at home. And for others, it's, hey, what about the community around me? I agree. So, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about here. It's probably going to be a lot of uh, podcasts together with, with you, Charlie. I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait, James. Looking forward to it as well. And Christy, thanks so much for producing uh, these over the past several months and looking forward to really what the future holds in this exciting world of technology. Yeah, we're excited about it. Thanks so much, everyone. And from James and from Charlie, good to talk with everyone. I think that'll do it for this round. And as always, if you would like to discuss your personal financial planning, reach out to us through our website, palacecapitaladvisors.com. That's P-A-L-L-A-S, capitaladvisors.com. To all of our listeners, we wish you the very best on this Valentine's Day 2022. And we do look forward to connecting with you next time on the Palace Perspectives podcast. Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult the legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based on publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein is for informational purposes only, is not personalized investment, investment advice and should not be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any particular security, sector, or strategy to any individual person or entity. Investment advice offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor.